This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. nice to see everybody here tonight. It's uh, nice to uh, know that there are so many. Are we still hooked up? Okay. It's nice to know that God's here tonight. And I want to thank Dane Hurst for stealing the show tonight with that beautiful song. He always does. He always does. And what, what that does, just so that you know, it just means I've got to preach that much better. Praise God. Praise God. That's what that means. He has set the bar. He has set the bar. And so praise God for that. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, we need you. Father, if, if nothing else comes of this new year, may we be cognizant of our need for you. So Father, that's my prayer tonight as we learn how to stand for you when it's hard. The grit that it takes to walk a faith walk with you. So Father, I invite you to eclipse this speaker for the sake of your people who need to hear your voice tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now sometimes we find ourselves in trouble not of our own making. You know, so many times when, when, when the preacher talks, he's going to talk about, you know, people who got themselves into trouble. In... 2 Kings chapter 20, we read about King Hezekiah, and he was a good king, guys. He was probably one of the best kings of Israel towards the end of, of, the, of, of, the, of the story of, of, of the book of Kings. One of the best, one of the brightest, one of the most godly. And Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, comes to him and tells him, you're going to die soon. And he cries, and he says, Lord, wh wh why? And he goes into a full pout. You know, it, it's funny. If, if somebody came to me and said that, I'd start making stuff right, but not, not Hezekiah. He was like, no, I still got work to do. I, I, I've got stuff I still want to do, Lord. You, you, you can't let me go. And he turned his back, and he stayed in his bed. And the Bible said that he had a, a, an infected boil that was probably becoming septic in his system, and it was going to kill him. And while he prayed and poured his heart out to the Lord, before Isaiah was too far away, Lord came to Isaiah and said, Go back, tell Hezekiah, I'm going to give him 15 more years. That was great. 
But Hezekiah said, how will I know? How will I know? And so Isaiah gave him two choices. He said, either time is going to move forward or time's going to move backwards. And Hezekiah said, well, look, time is always moving forward, man. That, that's, not a, that's not a big deal. I want time to move back seven hours. With God, all things are possible. So the Bible says that time went back seven hours. Now, so, so many of us think that, you know, in modern times today, we, we're on top of stuff. But there were advanced civilizations back then. And the more we study about what was going on back there, the more advanced we recognize some of these civilizations were. And they noted that time went back because they, they, they could see it on the steps, how, how, how the time, the, the, the shadows moved and it was the time went back and the Babylonians sent people to Israel because they heard about Hezekiah's illness and they came to Israel and they said, okay, what's going on? Now Hezekiah had an opportunity. He was a man of God, right? That's what the Bible says. One of the most righteous kings ever. He was a man of God. And I will tell you, what an opportunity to say, my Lord gave me 15 more years. But he didn't. Instead, he gave them the grand tour of all the wealth of Israel. He showed them the armory and he went and took them into Solomon's temple and he showed them the gold and the silver and the wealth that the Lord had poured out on the kingdom. And I suppose in his mind he is saying, look, this is how my God has blessed me. But in the Babylonian mind, they were adding up. Ching, 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 ching. And Isaiah comes to him and he says, what did you tell those guys? He says, well, I showed them all the wealth of Israel. And in the vernacular, Isaiah pretty much said, are you kidding me? Because of your foolishness, the Babylonians will be back. And about a hundred years later, Nebuchadnezzar showed up with his army. They remembered the wealth of Israel. And there were, uh, 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 the, the, the people of Israel had been fighting wars forever. If it wasn't, the, the, they were fighting the, the, the Arameans, and then it was the, the Syrians. And now here come the Babylonians, and they look down and they see this army looking like ants coming towards their city. And they bar up their doors, and they're trying to stop this from happening. You know, in our lives, friends, we're going to experience hardship. That is the one guarantee until the Lord comes. I hate to break it to you. So many people, when bad things happen to them, they say, why is it happening? To well, why is God letting this? Bad stuff happens because we're living on the enemy's soil right now. We're in occupied territory. Yes, it's God's, but it's occupied territory right now. And the Babylonians came marching and they were rubbing their hands together because they knew what was behind those wars. And day after day, the pounding on those walls, boom, boom, boom. Day after day, the battering rams working at the walls. And I imagine children 
seeing the worried looks on their parents' faces as dad took up his sword and his spear and his shield and were going to go to man the walls and fight off the constant attack of the enemy. Day after day, flaming arrows flying into the city. Day after day, the sickening sound of the battering rams against the walls of the city. Do you feel like you're under attack today? I'll tell you I do. I'm not going to give you too many testimonials because you won't want to hear the rest of my sermon and you'll run out screaming. But I will tell you, if you don't feel under attack today, it's because you're living in a fool's paradise. And the pounding all day long of the constant attacks on our lives all day long until finally somebody yells, run, hide your children. The enemy is at the gates. The enemy has broken through. They're in the city. The defenders have not been able to keep them out. What do you do? I want to ask you, friends, when we think about the story, what do you do when you feel like the God who has promised to protect you looks like he's failed? Hmm? What do you do? This is God's city. This is God's town. We're God's people. The the center of religious life for the Jews is here. Solomon's temple is here. The wealth of Israel is here. And the enemy has come through the gates, friends. I'm telling you, it's that sometimes we get to the point where we say, where is God? How can he allow this? This is unthinkable. We don't realize that a hundred years before the seeds to our destruction were sown by a godly king who made a bad choice. As they came into that city, friends, this is the scariest thing of all. And as a school principal, I live a, a life of service to make sure as many of your children as possible end up in heaven with me. Friends, I show up to school early every day to spend time on my knees to beg God to not allow me to be a hindrance, but to be a door to the kingdom of heaven. I show up every single day to prepare worship for my staff, to encourage them to be soldiers for God, because I will tell you, friends, it doesn't matter how brave and how good you are, your children, your children have to be ready to be captive. Because we are living nowadays with that generation that has to be in the world but not of the world because we can no longer protect our children. The enemies have come through the gates. It started out with a slow internet and dial-up in the 90s. To now everybody carries a powerful computer right in their pockets. And you can access the world in 5G in seconds.
The enemy has gone through the gates, friends, and they're coming for our children. And there they come, and they start rounding up the best and the brightest. You know, there were some parents, I will tell you, and, and please forgive me, who were praising God that they had ugly, stupid children. It's okay to laugh. Like, they didn't want my kid. My kid was dumb and ugly. <laughs> Praise God. I get to, keep, get to keep all the best looking, all the brightest, all the most educated. They rounded up the boys from the temple school. They rounded up the literate ones, the ones from the royal family, the ones who were bright, the ones from the best homes, from the wealthiest homes. They rounded them up, and they had them walking through the wilderness in whatever they were wearing or weren't wearing. They didn't give them time to pack. They didn't time to get ready. You've got to understand, friends, that we need to make sure that our children are ready every single day. And in my mind's eye, just because I'm South African and I went barefoot most of the time growing up over there, I see them barefoot. Walking for days. And I picture these little boys who believe in the one true God. And here's the frustrating thing with the Babylonians. They could capture the people, but they couldn't capture Yahweh. Do you understand that? Do you realize the power of having a God that lives inside of you? I, I want to tell you that right now because we've got to make sure that God is inside of our children, that the God is not outside of our children. The things that we give them that become their gods, we've got to make sure. It's okay to give your children stuff, don't get me wrong, but give them less stuff and give them more of God. Because I will tell you, friends, they've got to have the grit to make it through life. And I will tell you, we're living in a world where everybody's supposed to get a prize. And I picture these boys sitting within the glow of the soldiers' campfire in a, in, 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 in a cold desert evening. And for those of you who have ever been to the desert, you can understand, it can be 105 degrees in the daytime, and at nighttime it'll drop down to 50 degrees. And they're watching the soldiers around the fire, but they're the prisoners. They can't go around the fire. They're shivering together. And I see one of them looking at the other and say, we need to make a promise. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, we're going to make a promise. Daniel, which means God is my judge. Hananiah, Yahweh has been gracious. Michael, who is what God is. Azariah, Yahweh has helped. They were given names that had meaning, and they were going to pinky promise. We're going to promise right now that no matter what happens, no matter what they do to us on the other end, we are going to stay true to Yahweh. We're going to stay true. 
We don't know what's waiting for us over there, but we are going to stay true. We are not going to because they may have conquered Israel, but they didn't conquer our God. You gotta understand something, friends. You gotta listen to me tonight. You may lose everything. They may have taken everything, but if you have God living in you, he cannot be taken away. If we don't make sure that our children have God in their hearts, they indeed have nothing. I see year after year people sacrificing their children to the God of, of expensive education. And when they leave, they have all the education and no God. And believe me, I believe in a good quality education. Don't get me wrong. But if they don't have God, one day, one day, there's only going to be one thing we need to know. We need to know that Jesus died for us and we're saved by grace and we can't wait to see him again. That's the only thing. They made that promise and they marched him into Babylon and in that, in, that, in that great city with the huge ziggurat in the middle, this huge pyramid in the middle that, that God himself had stopped them from finishing. The symbolism was all around them of a godless society. Friends, we're raising our children in a society that is godless today. I hear so many people saying, we live in a Christian nation, show me. If you're brave enough to walk into Washington, D.C. and see the symbolism on all the buildings there, it's not Christian. It's Freemason. It's everywhere. The United States is a country where we're free to be Christians, but this is not a Christian nation. They marched them in in a big parade, trophies of war, the royalty of Jerusalem being marched into the city. These young boys not sure what was going to happen to them. And all of a sudden they find themselves washed and cleaned and buffed and their nails done and their feet are clean and they're given clean clothes and they come up and say, whoa, look at this. We're styling, man. We're not any backwoods kids from the provinces anymore. They've dressed us. The sermon is called, It's Not About the Food. I don't know how many of you have been to a really good buffet before. I used to be the principal of the Adventist School in Las Vegas, Nevada. And the Rio, and I'm not telling you to go there on vacation because that's definitely the devil's ground, but the Rio has a buffet that is acres of food set up from every single country you can possibly imagine. And I picture them walking into this incredible buffet after almost starving, walking to Babylon. How many of you have tried to raise teenage boys before? Have you ever been able to keep your refrigerator full for long? 
starving teenage boys going through their growth spurt, looking for a meal, smelling that food as they, as, as they step in and they walk in and they see this food and they talk to Aspenaz, who was the eunuch in charge of them, and they say, I'm sorry, we can't eat this. He says, whoa, whoa, guys, you've you got to eat. You, you haven't eaten barely anything for days. I'm responsible for keeping you healthy and strong. Now, it wasn't what they were being served. Okay? There, there are some people who use the sermon as a plug for vegetarianism. I am a vegetarian. Okay, It's definitely healthier, but that's not what this is about. Got to understand that all the best food, all of the flesh foods, all of the more desirable foods had been blessed by the gods of Babylon. And they made a promise. They made a promise that they would stay true to their God because this was a political statement these boys were making. It wasn't a temperance statement. And it, it, it could have been both. But I'm telling you, this was a political statement. We will not have anything to do with anything about who you worship. We won't do it. We would rather starve. So they renamed them. Daniel, Belteshazzar. That means Baal will protect. Baal, the sun god. Shadrach, inspired of Aku, the moon god. Meshach belongs to Aku, the moon god. And Abednego, servant of Negu, and this is an interesting one, because Negu was the god of literacy and writing and rule keeping. Given Babylonian names, everything that was connecting them to their God taken away, but they were not going to show anybody in anything, in any way. That the God of Israel was defeated when they took Jerusalem. You've got to understand, friends, that we've got to be ready to live a life. Friends, we've got to be ready to live a life today in every way that we live, in every way, the big and the small, the large and the little, the far and the close. We've got to live a life that shows in every single way that our God is not dead. That our God may have died in order to save us, but on the third day, he was resurrected to take us home. And friends, we got to start living our life today, tonight, right now, this very moment with the realization and the certainty that we serve a living Savior. And I will tell you too many times in my life, and I know you're all better than me. 
My witness has not been pure. In the music I've listened to, in the shows I've watched, in the entertainments that I've gone to, oh, none of them too horrible, don't get me wrong, but not pointing in the direction of my salvation. Friends, we are not living in a time in the world's history where we can afford to flirt with things that are ungodly. Even the atheists know this world is going to end. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? Everybody living on this planet knows this world is going to end and we've got the one ticket off it while we flirt with the devil. These boys would have rather starved. And finally, in negotiation with Aspenas, okay, we'll only eat the pulse. Now, for those of you from the islands, that's like rice and peas, man. Can I hear a yaman from somebody out there? You've got to understand with rice and beans, that's a perfect protein when the amino acids all combine in your stomach. Yaman. And Aspenaz says to them, well, listen, there's a problem here. If you guys are skinny, if you're not healthy, if you're not strong, uh, the king will have me murdered. I don't want to die. And they said, just try it. Just try it. Give us 10 days. Just try it for 10 days. Just try it. Because you've got to understand, if you don't give us this seed, we're not going to eat anything. You've got to understand that. Just 10 days. Friends, we've got to be willing to have enough faith in God in the hard times. Are you feeling me? In the difficult times, in the times where we feel that he may have failed us. That's when our faith is tested. Friends, it's easy to have faith when things are easy. It's easy to say, well, Lord is blessed and everything's great, but I will tell you, you need the grit in your soul to say no matter how bad things get, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to stand for my God. Because I know a God who prayed to his Father and says, Lord, not my will, but thy will, please take this cup from me. Because he was looking at you, and he was looking at me, and he was looking down through time, and he said, look, this is going to be terrible, and the separation from my father is horrible, and to have the sins of mankind poured onto a pure soul is going to be destructive and painful beyond measure. So many times, we say, oh, things are just too hard. It's so much easier just to backslide and just do it the easy way. But I'm going to tell you tonight, friends, if you think going to heaven is going to be the easy way, you're going to miss out on the most incredible journey. Ten days. They ate pulse, beans, and rice, nothing offered 
to idols so that nobody could say, you've got to listen to me here, so that nobody could say that the idols of Babylon made them stronger. Do you understand that, friends? We've got to do nothing so that people will not look at our lives and say, I, I made you who you are. The only thing that makes you who you are, the only thing you should be proud of who makes you who you are is your relationship with your Lord and Savior. Amen. That's the only thing. Don't let any worldly force say, it was me who made you. No! I won't have it. I'd rather starve because my Lord is coming again and I'm taking a temporal short life. I woke up one day and I was 58 years old. Just woke up. Just, just woke up. I'm going to trade eternity. I'm going to trade eternity. Just so I can eat food blessed by idols? No. No. I'm not going to do it. But here's the thing about the faith walk, friends. When you walk with faith, your faith is rewarded. You've got to understand that we're going to live life as if we believe, if we expect that we're going to be rewarded one day. And I will tell you one of the big lies of contemporary North American evangelical Christians is that Christ covers everything and you can live your life any way you want to live it. It's a lie. If you love me, you will. Finish it with me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. In the Old Testament, the Lord says, I would rather have obedience than sacrifice. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Ten days later, they're lined up with all the other boys. And I'm going to tell you, friends, this is a victory for our God. They did not eat the food, the better food offered to the idols and blessed by the idols. They ate the simple food that was not offered to idols because it was so simple it would have been an insult to offer to the idols. You've got to understand this, friends. This was food that was too insulting. You wouldn't waste Baal's time to bless that mush. That's what they ate, and they were stronger, and they were healthier, and they were fatter. I know everyone trying to lose weight in the new year, I'm sorry to tell you. All those skinny little desert starved kids who walked there, they ate all that other food, they didn't gain a pound. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel, strapping lads healthy complexion, strong hair, bright-eyed. And in Daniel 1, it says that King Nebuchadnezzar himself tested the graduates after three years of education. I want you to understand this, friends, because so many times people think, well, you know, we put our kids in, in that humble little Christian school over there. And it's not that they just did well on their ACT test scores. They weren't just a little bit smarter than the other kids. They were 10 times smarter. 
Ten times smarter because they stood by what they knew to be right. Ten times smarter because it was instilled to them that maybe Israel had fallen, but God has not fallen. Friends, tonight, are you willing to stand for God? Tonight, are you willing to say enough is enough? Tonight, you've got the grit to walk through the desert, come through the other side, and say, I'd rather starve than do that. I would rather struggle to do that. I would rather live in a cardboard box under an overpass. By the way, I'm looking forward to retirement. I don't own a home yet, but I've chosen my overpass already. Just, just laying that out there. Because I would rather be true to the one true God. Then eat. I would rather be true to the one true God than have a mansion on a hill. I would rather be true to the one true God because I believe he's coming again. Galatians 6, verse 9. Can we pop that back up on the screen? Let us but not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. say amen again. Thank you, Lord, for that message. What do you do when it gets tough? When things get hard like those boys and you have to make a stand for God, when you choose God. And I, someone tonight is in a situation where they have to make a decision to stand and choose God and his way. And you've heard this message, and you've heard the story of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys and what they had to go through and how they, by faith, made that choice. God is asking you to make that choice tonight. You know what the situation is. Make that choice for God. And in making that choice, as we head into prayer, there might be a prayer request that you have right now, something that you might be struggling with, something that you, you, you've been for years, and this, the beginning of the year, you want to lay it before God again, and you want to say, God, please, please, make a way. You can text prayer at 954, the number on the screen, 388-8780. Text prayer. And there will be prayer warriors praying for you. 
for whatever that is. Just text prayer. As Principal Rob preached tonight about taking the step of faith and making a stand for God, if you know God has been calling you, has been saying, you know, I need to make a change. You need to make a change. There's something that you need to do. And you're just struggling. You're like, oh, my faith is not there. And you want encouragement. Text faith at that same number. 954-388-8780. And someone will pray for you. If you want someone to reach out to you and to, to pray with you, text faith. And that would happen. We're going to go into prayer. And as we lead to prayer, I want to say this. That there are things that we might be, want to pray for. I think about our children. Right? That adult child that has turned away. That teenager, that young person that is struggling with. It, it could be they're struggling with anxiety, they're struggling with depression, they're struggling with how to deal with peer pressure at school. And you want them to stand like the young men did back then, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want you to think about that. And we, as we go into prayer, I want you to pray in your hearts. There may be someone, your marriage might be on the rocks, and that Husband is just not communicating. That wife just does not want anything to do in saving the family. And you are at your last wit's end. We're going to pray now. Please put it before God and have the faith that God is going to do something about it tonight. Tonight. I don't know what else that you may have. Might be a job. Might be something else that you're at your end and you can't see your way. In faith, we will stand like those three Hebrew boys. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the message we've gotten tonight. That when the, the, the circumstances of life come our way, the enemy comes ramming at our gates, breaking down our homes, our stronghold, coming in, circumstances on the job, marriages in shatters, children going their own way, circumstances where health is down, where we're grieving losing someone, and we don't know what to do. Lord, help us to stand. On your ground, stand with you, stand in your name. Dear Father, I pray now that you would help us also to be humble, to know that it's not our way, it's not our strategy that will work things out, but it's to submit to you and you alone. Dear Father, I pray for that mother and father who's praying for that young man or young woman today, tonight. I pray that victory will be there. 
I pray right now for that 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 person, that single mother that 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 just been threatened that her job is on the line and she has no idea how she's going to make ends meet and take care of her children. And Lord, this week you need to work a miracle out. This week you need to come through. We put it before you now and we say, Lord, do your thing. But help, let her stand. Let her persevere. Let her have the grit to go through choosing you and not some other way. Their father, there is some young person hearing my voice right now who is thinking, is there really a God? Is there really someone that, 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 is, that, that, that all these promises that my parents tell me the Bible, is it real? Lord, I need you to show up for them tonight and show them that there is a God. Show up for them tonight and let them know that they can choose you and not the world and not the way that's out there. They can depend on you and they can have a relationship with you. And they can, they, they can be in this world but not of the world. They can, they can stand, they can let their friends know that there is a Jesus that saves and the, in, that you have done stuff in their life and, they can do, and you can do it in theirs as well. Dear Father, I pray that this is real. This is not something we play. This is something that's tangible and real for our young people. And dear Father, I could go on and on. But I pray for this church. That you will show us who to reach. How to reach. When to reach. And when we reach, Lord, help us to reach in love and love alone. And dear Father... At the end of this 10-day help of prayer, help that we will not just move back to the way it was, that move back to the same old, same old, but we will live a consistent life of prayer, a consistent life where you are our priority, and faith is the priority. Thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Just before we close off, I wanted to remind you that even though we might not be meeting tomorrow night, that we do, you can go online at 10daysofprayer.org to find resources like devotionals um, and studies and so forth that can help you as we continue this 10 day of prayer and beyond. So please don't forget to go to 10 Days of Prayer um, and, and those resources. And with that, I just want to encourage you. Make God a priority in your life. Make studying his word a priority and make prayer a priority because that would illuminate our path as we go on. God bless you and thank you for joining us tonight. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's Seven-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.